don't know if my mic is on right now, but this is the second Wesley worship of the semester. Um, if you could join me in a posture of worship and praise that is comfortable with you, that would be great. It all comes down to this. What do you require of me? Love my neighbor as myself. And you above all things. Act justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with you. So glad that you're here. Uh, just uh, just want to say again, welcome. My name is John. I am uh, the campus minister and the director of this ministry, but I'm really the person who helps our students uh, create spaces for us to have deep relationships with God and with each other. And I'm so glad that you're here tonight for us to be able to kind of do some of this work together. Um, I'm so thankful that you're here because this is a night where we begin a new series, and it's going to be this week and two more. It's just basically this notion that I've been feeling very convicted by, that it's really easy to have surface-level life, a life that's kind of shallow and not very deep, and a life that seems like you're just moving from one place to the next, you're rushing, you're moving, uh, you're anxious, you're tired, nothing seems really meaningful or impactful for a long period of time. 
And so we, so we have this series that we're going to look at, and essentially there's these three categories that I'm thinking about, is that there are, what does it mean to have deep relationships? And that's what we're going to do tonight, is talk about deep relationships with God and with other people. How, also, how could we create deeper rhythms in our lives? I, I feel like my life is just a series of interruptions sometimes. And so what does it look like to have a deeper rhythm? And then um, then what it means to deep uh, to respond deeply to things. I feel like that there is literally one catastrophe, drama, or trauma happening every single day in our lives right now. That we're just kind of pushed and inundated with so much stress and anxiety and frustration that we just are constantly responding in this shallow way to all these things that are coming to us. So maybe... Just maybe we can find a way to pause and not feel the pressure of having to respond and to find a deeper response to these parts of our lives. So that's the series over the next few weeks, but tonight we begin with this notion of deeper relationships. So I have a couple of questions that I want to throw out there. Um, on these questions um, that we're going to be right up here, you're going to turn to your neighbor. If you don't have a neighbor, we can make a neighbor tonight. We can do that. Um, and so I had these two questions. The questions I want you to discuss for just a couple of minutes are, what is, um, what's a relationship that you value? What is a relationship that you value? I think we may have this on a slide. Um, oh, no, I forgot. I got to back that great picture. Thanks, Molly. So I guess going back to like, there's this image that I've been working off of when it means to go deeper and that we want the beauty of a flower or a big tree. We want that kind of beauty, but we forget that there's roots underneath making things beautiful. And so we're going to go deep and we're going to strengthen our roots as we do this. But thank you, Molly. Here are the questions we have right now. What relationship do you deeply value? Just pick one relationship that you deeply value and share that with your neighbor. The other thing you share with your neighbor is what keeps a relationship surface level? What keeps a relationship at a surface level? Somebody real quickly, what is a relationship, uh, that, if you don't mind sharing, what is a relationship that you deeply value? Somebody from over here. I can't see. <laughs> Somebody over here. What is a relationship? You can just call out the person or whatever. Your therapists. Yay, we believe in therapy. Good job. I like that one. All right, somebody from over here? Ren. Ren. Oh, yes. Oh, that's so sweet. Tanner? Uh, my girlfriend. Your girlfriend. I like that one. All right, somebody else from over here? Dylan? Your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, like, uh, I feel like you're just trying to score bonus points right now, man. That's... Daniel, would you like to say something? <laughs> it's just universal. I like that. No, it's just known. That's right. I like that. Um, all right. What, it, what keeps a relationship, um, and it doesn't have to be the girlfriend-boyfriend. It can be any relationship. What keeps a relationship at a surface level? Uh, somebody have something they want to share over here? All right, going back to Tanner again. I said, like, not spending any quality time with someone. Not spending quality time. That's, that is a great thing. Bradley? Not asking why. No, not asking why when you talk to them. And listening to the answer, maybe. Yeah, Matt? Not wanting to be vulnerable. 
not wanting to be vulnerable. Oh, that keeps good answer, good answer. That keeps, that keeps people at surface level. Thank you for sharing those things, guys. I'm, as a reminder, when we do things here at worship, we're, we're all doing worship together. Um, I'm very thankful for our great um, student band that changes every week. And if you have a talent that you want to be able to display, know that you can do that. We're thankful for Seren painting tonight. Good job, Seren. So during this series, we're going to have a, a painting a night. Um, so a couple of things I guess I would answer really quickly is that what relationship do you deeply value? I I'm in, uh, I've been in a covenant group since I was in seminary, which was really impactful for me. And I've been in a circle of pastors that we meet here on Wednesday morning at uh, eight o'clock. And, and that group means that I value that relationship with those guys very deeply. But I'll also tell you, cause I know he listens he's going to, he's been listening and excited about our podcast. Um, I would also tell you that I, one of the relationships I deeply value is my nephew, Tucker, um, my nephew is 19, and he just started at Chat State, and he's doing some of like electrician stuff. And um, I value Ella and I, my wife and I, kind of look at him as our first kid um, because we just had him for a long time, and he's, we spent a lot of time with him. And I value that this like this kid has got such a huge heart, um, and he will do anything for anybody who's in need. Um, and so I value his relationship, and I value that he wants to make sure that, that our relationship doesn't become a, less deep in his college life. So I got a text today, and I'm super excited. Tucker, when you hear this, thanks for uh, doing this. He actually sent a message to me and our, like, internal family um, that he wants to be our fantasy football captain. Our, uh, our, our, our person who's going to put together our fantasy football league. And so, like, his grandmother's going to be in it, who she said today, like, just send me the app. I'll figure it out. And his mom was like, I'm going to auto-draft. And then meanwhile, you know, me and him are trash-talking each other all day about how I'm going to beat him, he's going to beat me, but it's truly I'm just going to beat him um, because I am the current reigning Wesley uh, champ. Um, I take that, Beth. And so... <laughs> So I'm really excited that he's trying to work and do that quality time and that stuff to keep our relationship from being uh, surface level. Tonight, as we kind of dive deep into this question, what does it mean to have deeper relationships? I brought the whiteboard. So tonight is a, a whiteboard type of sermon. Um, and when we're doing whiteboard sermons, there's a picture of what I want to look like when I do this. Like I'm, I'm always hoping that it's like, intricate and beautiful and the great colors are there and you know I don't know that's what I want it to look like but I know honestly when I end up it looks like this so just be prepared um, it could go either way who knows um, but but we're going to jump into it so I think to, to start off I think we have to name that there are different types of relationships um, that you know there's relationships we have that are that are family, that are romantic, that are friends, that are relationships we have with our peers and our classrooms, with our professors. There's all kinds of relationships out there. But for the argument of this sermon tonight, I'm going to offer that there are two types of relationships. Um, there's relationships that we have, the relationships we have with God, and then there's the relationship we have with others. And so we, we kind of live in this place that we're always trying to figure out how do we relate well 
to God? How is God trying to relate with us? How are we relating to ourselves? Or how are we relating to others? How are we connecting and being able to do that work? That it kind of falls in these like maybe two main categories. And from these categories, we, I'm kind of going to look at some quadrants of some things that we can do to make sure that we have deeper relationships. So the first, I think the place where most relationships start is in this place that we get from Genesis. All right, I'm not even going to spill it out. It's Genesis 1 and 2. For those of you who um, are maybe familiar, maybe you're not, and that's great, that our, the scriptures, holy scriptures that we use that help try to tell God's story and God's people's story has these two parts to it. There's the, what's called the Hebrew Bible or the Old Testament, and there's a New Testament. In the very beginning of that Old Testament, there are this book called Genesis. It's kind of like how things may have gotten started. And, and it's this way in which God is trying to declare some important principles about who God is and about who we are. And there, in Genesis 1 and 2, it talks about creation. And specifically in this moment where this story is being relayed and shared is that it says that then God created them in God's image, in our image it actually says, and that later on it says, and what God had seen, God said it was good. The beginning of relationships with God and with other people is first this declaration of something that we call Imago Dei. And it essentially means we are made in the image of God. That you and I, stamped in the very part of our souls, that we are made in the image of God. Now, don't get me wrong. There's all kinds of parts of us that, that aren't maybe of God. There's all kinds of parts that we might not like, whatever else. But in a core fundamental place, God says that you are made in my image, and I see you, and you are good. And kind of goes beyond that is saying that we are both loved and adored. Now, I, I think these words sometimes mean different things. You can love people out of... You can love people deeply but, and love them because you know you're supposed to or they're your creation or they're part of who you are, they're part of your people, but not only loved but adored. That like, hanging on every word, excited to see you when you come home, God says that you are loved and adored. And remember this other part, that God sees you and says that as part of creation, you are good. Our relationship with God starts right there. God's relationship with us starts right there. And I would argue our relationship with others should start right there. But then we keep going in Scripture. And if we move into another part of the Bible where there's these people called prophets, they, they came, they spoke, people didn't like it, they spoke some more, people really didn't like it. And we finally get to this place that they were trying to speak truth in a really hard space. And this one particular prophet that we're going to think about tonight, his name is Micah. And Micah has one piece of scripture in particular that we'll highlight. We actually sang it earlier. But in Micah, Micah was an 8th century, I mean, you know, 
because I'm a history guy. you got to know these things. Eighth century, um, in the eighth century, in the space in which he's speaking at and what we would call the Holy Lands, there was an incredible amount of radical internal change and constant fear of your neighbor and people coming to invade you. We don't relate to that at all, do we? In the midst of this difficult season, Micah is helping them to call back and remind a few things from of old. And Micah comes back in 6-8, and Micah just says, O oh mortal, you know what God has required. You know what is good. And what is good is to love justice, sometimes said mercy, to do kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Just basically says these are these three things. That in being in relationship with God, this is what God hopes for. This is what God requires. This is what is good. That we, have, that we love justice and mercy, do kindness, and walk humbly with God. Now, again, because I'm a dork, I'm going to tell you that the the word, Hebrew word there for where they say, sometimes translated, or justice or mercy, is misfat. And misfat means essentially to do what is owed to someone else. And to do what is owed attaches back to this. That people are owed love and kindness, justice and mercy. They are owed the ability for us to walk humbly with them. They are owed this because they were made in the image of God. And so we continue through Scripture to leave from the place of Micah, who is just saying this is what it means to be in a relationship, to this guy called Jesus. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26. So later on in time, we see this guy named Jesus come along. Most of his stories are accounted in things called gospels that are in the New Testament. And there's this one particular story that Jesus is in the land healing people, teaching people, doing a great work. And there's this moment that he's in a house teaching, healing, preaching, doing a great thing. And there are some people who have a friend. And this friend, oh man, it is tough. This friend is wanting to be able to be healed and can't get up and walk. He's paralyzed. So this group of friends, these four people, pick him up on his bed. They go to the, get him up on the roof somehow. They shimmy the roof open and they lower him to Jesus. And Jesus has this moment that he commends and he celebrates this faith of these friends. He celebrates this relationship where people are willing to take a risk they're willing to go beyond surface level in order for their friend to be healed. Here we see that God has a celebration for relationships that where we are willing to carry and be carried. Willingness to carry and be carried. Matt said it earlier, and I like it, because this is what this really means to be vulnerable. It, these, this, the, the friend, this paralytic, was vulnerable enough to say, I need to meet this Christ. It is Christ who can heal me. It's Christ who 
can love me. It's Christ who can change my life. And was vulnerable enough to say, I need people to carry me. Or I'm willing to be carried by you. And these four friends were attentive enough. They listened enough. They were caring enough to be able to offer or to say, if that's what you need, we're going to go. In this whole entire story, you see a vulnerability to cause deeper relationships. You see great listening that would cause deeper relationship. But part of this story is that before Jesus heals him, Jesus first looks at this guy and says that your sins are forgiven, that you have been made right. That was, and then later, so there was the, the, some of the good religious church folks of the day were saying, well, hold up. Who are you to be able to do that? And secondly, how can you do that? And Jesus says, you think, you probably would say helping someone walk is a hard thing, but I'm telling you, Forgiving someone of their sins is a hard thing, but it can be done. And it's done because that's what God hopes for and God's intends. So one of the things about deep relationships that I think comes from this story is from time to time in deep relationships, there's going to be, a con- there's going to be confession. There's going to be a moment in which for a true deep relationship, you're going to mess up. You are going to do something, say something, or be something that is not what was expected or hoped for or intended. Then there's going to have to be a confession. I messed up. And then there's going to be a place where you're going to have to offer forgiveness. Where the other person is going to say, I hear you. I appreciate that you are sorry. I, I hear and I see you well, and you are forgiven. And that leads to redemption. Deep relationships are ones that are willing to carry and be carried. But this story reminds us that deep relationships are also ones that have from time to time have to confess. That have to have forgiveness. That have to have redemption. The last quadrant I offer for deep relationships comes from Ephesians. So the, the last part of the Bible is um, a group of letters, mostly. It's letters by several people, including this guy named Paul. And he's writing this letter to the church at Ephesus. It's early Christians gathering together, trying to figure out how they're going to have community, how they're going to have relationships. And in this letter, in this part of this letter, he writes this phrase. He says, be subject to one another. Now, I've got to name it. If you go look at this tonight, if you go look at this week, I'm I'm just going to name something for you. The things that he writes after this, you're going to read it and go, oh, I need to go talk to John about that. Because what comes after this is uh, what sometimes is put in really bad context. Things like wives be subject to your husbands. Husbands be subject to your wives. It it begins to read of some language that doesn't sit well. But remember where he starts this letter. Be subject, this part of the letter, be subject to one another. We can go deeper in why it's difficult and problematic a little bit. But also, the first thing I would tell you is that uh, I would tell you that Paul is writing in a very progressive way for his day. That Wives were seen as property, but he was saying, no, no, no. Husbands, be subject to your wives like Christ 
Love your wives like Christ loves the church, giving yourself up for her. He's calling forward a different relationship than the space in which he's living. And I'm calling for one for you, to be subject for one another, to one another. What that really means is that I am going to care for you in the same way or greater way than I care for myself or anything else. I'm going to be subject to what your needs are, to what, how I can be in prayer for you. I'm going to be subject to you and not ready to disengage with you just when it's not convenient for me. This is a reminder that from the notion of that you were made in God's image and we see people in the image of God and that we are going to do this work and this work and this work creates deeper relationships that are not just about our convenience or our own needs. And so I, I have these four very quick, based on this, I have four very quick deep practices I would like for you to try this week. I'll put this in the social chat after worship. But there are four practices. The first of which, in order for us to be able to do this well, is that we have to see everyone as holy. Can you this week see everyone that you meet as holy? That every single person was made in the image of God. And when they annoy you or when they, you don't see them well, can you remember that they're holy? A second deep practice. The second deep practice is what can I do to know Fill in the blank, whoever that person is better. What can I do to know God better? What can I do to know my roommate better? What can I know, know, what can I do to be able to know my sibling better? What can I do to know my parent who's frustrating me right now better? What can I do to know somebody better? The next practice is, what is something I can do to be known more or better? Do you not feel fully seen? Do you not feel fully understood? How can you help those around you to do that work? How can you be known better? Sometimes it means just inviting someone to a coffee. Maybe it's just saying hi to someone that you would have just bypassed on the way to the stew. The last thing is that you've got to fight. You've got to fight to be present. To have a deeper relationship this week, can you fight to be present to those that are around you? Can you fight to be present to the ways that God is working your life? It is really easy to flee. It's really easy to check out from relationships. It's easy in a moment when you're talking to someone to be thinking about what I got to do next, or it's easy to grab your phone. It's easy to do work that it causes you to be disengaged and not present with God and with other people. And so for us this week, I'm asking you, can you see everyone is holy? Can, can we do that? Can you find ways to get to know people better? Can you find ways for yourself to be known better? And can you fight? I mean, really fight.
to be present to those around you. By doing, some, by doing any or all of these things, you can have a deeper relationship with God and deep relationship with those around you. It, we get, we're getting ready to move into a time of prayer, but before we do, I've got to tell you, it, it happens every single semester. And I've been in campus ministry for quite a while now. It happens every single semester that I meet someone who talks about how alone they are, how they don't feel seen, they don't feel known, they have no relationships, they have no friends, and what friends or relationships they have are very surface level. It never fails. And some of that, those people may be you right now. The work at being in a deeper relationship with God and other people can start right now. And we're going to start with prayer. Tonight, we're going to do what's, um, I'm just kind of calling a, a deep relationship liturgy. Now, I know that word liturgy gets to be a little scary because it's just like this old, like traditional word. That means, oh, people are going to say things, and I'm going to say things. But liturgy, the actual word, word means work of the people. This is us working together to begin deeper relationships with God and other people. So how we're going to do this, we're going to give you just a second to, 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 to go deep. Just a second to breathe and to think about what it means to have roots and deep waters and for you to take a second to center yourself. And there will be a bold print that I'll invite you. I'll just say, let us pray together. And there's a bold print that we'll read all together. And there will be a lighter print that I'll just read on our behalf. And then we'll have another bold print and so on and so on. So I'm going to invite you to get in a, a posture or a way of prayer. I'm going to invite you so that we can start our deep work now. Will you pray with me? Let us say together. Grant us, O Lord, the help to be present to you and others. Rushed, anxious, tired, guarded, and self-interested, we confess that this is how we live. We accept the power of your grace to change. If you'll pray with me again. Give us, O Lord, an eye for those who are unseen. For it is only when we are able to recognize the injustice of those not seen and feel its awful sting that we will be moved to make things right. Let us pray. Give us, O Lord, a tender heart. Sometimes we are too hard-hearted to recognize when we have been uncaring, unfeeling, or unkind. Help us to be willing to, to carry others and to be carried ourselves. 
Let us pray. Grant us, O Lord, the ability to view each person as holy. We struggle to see you in others. Start in us a deep realization that we are loved and adored. Let us pray. Teach us, dear Lord, to do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with you and with others. Amen. You pray with me. Lord God, I am so incredibly thankful for this night and this invitation to have a deeper relationship with you and with others. We ask, oh God, that we can remember that each and every person that we see is holy, creating your image and loved. We pray, oh God, that you will help us to do justice, to love kind, to do kindness, to walk humbly with you and with others, and that we can find ways to get to know the people around us better. Lord, I ask that we be willing to, to carry others and to be carried ourselves, to be vulnerable, to listen, and to find great ways where we draw closer to you. And Lord, I pray that we can be ready to confess and receive confession of those of the times we have been wrong and the times we've wronged other people. And Lord, let forgiveness be a centerpiece of all the relationships of our lives because that's what you've done with us. But I ask, oh God, that we can be present with, and be subject to every person we meet and that we can be present to the way that you're working in our lives. Hear this prayer, for we offer it in the name of Christ our Lord. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Invite the band to come on up and lead us in the remainder of our worship. Will you join me in a posture of worship and praise for our last song? every song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you Jesus the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever say, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe.
of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. So I want to say a quick couple of words of thanks. One is thanks to Seren and that amazing work. Oh, so beautiful. That's awesome. Thank you, Seren. I also want to shout out, um, I believe we have the first time playing is Matt and Levi's. The first time y'all played here. I'll also give a shout out. It's the first time I think Zeeland has sung here. Is that second time? But for his second time. Yeah. We, again, just would love to have anybody who wants to try it or do anything in worship. We are here for that. We are down for that. Um, so, uh, so as you go from this space, 
May you go in the peace and the power and the love of Jesus Christ to have deep relationships with God and with all. Go knowing that you are deeply loved. Amen. Amen. Amen.